one. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Hello Darkness. My name We're is gonna, Tony. I'm Shannon. Sorry, I'll finish that thought now. <laughs> uh, we're going to dive into part two so that we don't take up another uh, hour and a half of uh, your time listening to stories of the Phillips sisters. Well, I mean, I think, I think if everyone's back for part two, they are just like <laughs> chomping at the bit. They want more. I mean, I want more. And... I'm so happy to join you again, Shannon, for another Spirited Talk. How are you tonight? I'm good. How are you? I'm happy to be here. So where we laugh, last left, uh, we had gone through Bijou's early years, and I think now it's time to hit the back end when um, Bijou's film career is starting to wane down, and she has a chance meeting at a poker tournament with a young man by the name of Danny Masterson. Yeah, I wanted to kind of, you know, ride the China pony for a while, but oh, well, let's do that. Because... Let's let's <laughs> let's do that then. So, um yeah, we, you know, we you know, it's only fair, you know, the Phillips sisters, there's so much fodder. Um, you know, we spoke about Mackenzie, uh, about, you know, where she came from and how she came to be. And where she ended up, I mean, you know, I'm happy to say that, you know, Mackenzie has been through a lot and now she is a drug abuse counselor and she's very successful. Uh, I think she's like a director of something at um, a rehab house in Southern California and she's very respected. And um, I think she still acts intermittently. I do remember in the late 90s, she showed up on an episode of Beverly Hills 90210 as Dylan McKay's drug counselor. Um, and I think she's played that role several times because who else can play that role, you know? But um, yeah, Mackenzie is um, still close with her sisters as evidenced on Instagram. I see her um, photographed with Bijou in China most recently at Mama Cass's... Um, Hollywood Walk of Fame induction. That was really cool. And um, yeah, and China is a successful minister, right? I don't know that she's ordained <laughs> or went to school for it, but she certainly has church on YouTube. And one thing that I was <laughs> noticing today in one of her awesome videos about the Lord is that... Um, and, you know, I don't mean to minimize it. She's all glowy no. with joy. But honestly, I was surprised by the fact that um, Billy isn't saved. I thought they were part of that whole, like, um, Hillsong church. I thought they were super Jesus-y, like, uh, with Justin Bieber. So mm, I got no. that wrong. Well, yeah, you did. So what happened, <laughs> and, and this is this is according to China. So, you know, Stephen Baldwin famously, uh, her brother-in-law got saved in the late 90s. I mean, you know, he was a, a famous wild child uh, slash addict. And um, he is a born-again Christian. Uh, his daughter, Haley Bieber, as, as a result, was also raised as a born-again Christian. And I'm sure that heavily influenced her husband, Justin, and God bless him. You know, I mean, they were part of that Hillsong church, which 
if you haven't seen the uh all the documentaries all the documentaries on discovery plus and there's yeah hulu there's 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 a bunch of they're so good (laughs) i know i i anything to do with a a cult Uh and but Australians, apparently, <laughs> uh, I know, dirty Australians. So apparently the story is, is that they were at Stephen's house and China was like, I don't know, going through something. I forgot what it was. And Stephen took her into the kitchen and put a hand on her, uh, you know, on her forehead and saved her and asked her if she wanted to accept Jesus Christ as her savior. I'm not minimizing this at all. I mean, you know, I I am happy for people and their spiritual journeys you know shannon and i went to a um infamous baptist high school uh they wanted to save us every tuesday and thursday in chapel but we never i don't think we ever got on our knees and accepted jesus christ as our savior i know know, we ended up i I didn't get on i didn't go to the front i was kind of a wallflower (laughs) but um i mean i remember the people who did you know and they were off screwing in their car at lunchtime i know know, and smelling bad (laughs) In class after. after lunchtime. In Bible class. So, you know, I don't know how authentic all of that is. I think I what I didn't want to do is, um, you know, minimize China because I'd had her story completely wrong. I didn't realize it was Stephen and her who came mm-hmm. together and formed the sort of power Christians, not her and her husband, which yeah. is sort of cooler to me because she's now sort of on a crusade to get Billy to um, accept Jesus Christ. And she has dedicated her marital life to trying to make this happen. And they don't seem any closer. So I got to watch like episodes three, four and five. I know it reminds me of that country song that you wrote in the nineties. I can't be with you in the here and now, if you won't be in the hereafter. Yes. <laughs> Remember that? One? I think it was more abbreviated, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think it was on the same album as my business is personal. No, it, oh, it totally was. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but, you know, China has her own ministry for women, which I think is really great. And um, she has a tagline too, Holy Spirit Activate, which I forgot to tell you, there is a celebrity family feud with China, Wendy Wilson, Carney Wilson, and a Bijou. And um, and then also uh, Carney and Wendy's mother. Um, yeah, I forgot to show you that. <laughs> When I was younger, I thought, this is bad. When I was younger, I actually thought Carney and Wendy's mother was Mama Cass. Well, I mean, it's, it really. I mean, you were the one, to be fair, into Wilson Phillips and have always, like, I'm learning along with the audience here. Mm -hmm. If it's not apparent, I'm no expert on the Phillips girls, women. Listen, don't be surprised if one of these days you get a cameo with China singing Impulsive on it, okay? Because <laughs> you, you just... Or arrows through hearts <laughs> drawn on a misty window. She, I mean, I saw her, she had a trailer, you know, like a trailer for her cameo and she will do anything. She'll sing any song. She'll sing Impulsive. She even said, if you want me to sing Impulsive, I'll do it. And I'm like, oh my God, you just read my mind. But um, yeah, Holy Spirit Activate. That's her um, her tagline. And um, you know, there was a really great episode of her YouTube channel where um, she was actually in the car fighting with Billy about whose family had more scandals or whose family was more scandalous. And um, they were looking at a tabloid that had like a countdown of the, mo- the most like troubled Hollywood families. And she was upset that she was like number three and the Baldwins were like number one. And I'm like, 
let's not so fight it's about a competition that. yeah let's yeah. not fight about that kids you know <laughs> but yeah tell me tell <laughs> me what amazing. tell me what you uh what you gathered from um china's true confession <laughs> what i've learned this week she got preyed upon at taco bell and um as a teenager yeah, she got preyed upon at Taco Bell by a man named George and thought it would be cool to go spend the night in his house. But also she wanted us, she wanted, she was mistaking praying upon and then she was also using that in terms of the Holy Spirit praying upon her. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of weird because it was like, I think you're using it in one way it's positive and the other way it's negative. So We'll just forget all that and go with um, what happened to you at Taco Bell. And um, so she went to the guy's house and she just thought he was really cool. And then in the great moment of parenting, Michelle didn't stop it. Even when the guy like knocked at the door and had China getting in the car with him to go spend the night at his house. And then she realized there was something amiss. And so she got herself out of the situation and she and her friend. But it sounded very Epstein at the beginning, like girls approached her and her friend and Mm -hmm. were like, hey, um, we know this guy who just really likes having fun and he has weed and lives in Malibu or something. So, I mean, I would have gone. (laughs) I don't know if I would have (laughs) gone. I mean, I'm not saying I wouldn't have gone to other stuff. I'm just saying that scenario, I probably would have seen like, Hey, he just likes having a good time, you know, like, and he's in his what, 30s? Like, I know, I would have been like, define a good time. If it smelled sexual to me, I wouldn't have gone mm-hmm. at that age. Yeah. If it smelled sexual to me at 18, I probably wouldn't have cared, you know. Uh, another favorite story of that China recounted um, was when she was younger. I think she was either 10 or 11, and she was astounded at the fact that she was able to go out with these people for this evening and her mother didn't say a word. Um, she got picked up in a limo by Jay Jagger, Tatum O'Neill, and they went to a Michael Jackson concert <laughs> and then hung out with Michael afterward. And she's like, you know, she was super young, you know, and she's like, no one, there were no adults. It was all of us underage you know, she goes, people were doing drugs. and But um, there were stars, Tony. There were stars. It doesn't apply when you're a star. Because I was also <laughs> watching the Dick Cabot show where he interviews um, Michelle and John separately. Oh, I love that. And, yeah. yeah. And um, John's like, yeah, she was 16 and a half when she moved in. And there's no scandal. It's just like. Yeah. And he was in his late 20s or something. And mm-hmm. then. He is mad that she took half songwriting credit for California Dreaming. And it's like, but you lived on the East Coast. You didn't know yeah, about that. Exactly. So, and um, yeah, good, good legacy, Michelle. I, you know, um, also China was a prolific shoplifter, self-admitted. She said that she stole thousands and thousands of dollars of clothes from all the malls in the LA all area. The no, because she would have to go to different ones you know and um she had like her friends working with her uh she had like a getaway car waiting she had oh she was yeah yeah she had a couple of girls that would be like the lookout and the one time she got busted was because 
her friend didn't know what she was doing. And, you know, she, she even says like, I regret taking her because she was just too, too, too green, you know? And, um, when they got taken into the security office, uh, her mother was out of the country or on location. So, uh, she had to call her dad in New York and, um, the, uh, security guard was starstruck. So they let her go, you know? Oh, that happened to my kid, but the security <laughs> guard let her go because she lived in a different state and it was just too inconvenient to deal with it. Where was she shoplifting? Hot Topic? <laughs> CVS. That's the only place she could name drop and get away with it. <laughs> she was um, buying like powder or well, not buying uh, shoplifting powder. But I do have a question. Yeah. Why in all of the China confessionals or whatever they're called, the ministry, mm. um, why is she always hiding in like a closet or under laundry or out for a walk? And she's always kind of whispering like, Hey guys. And then, you know, peppers it with some Bible speak, but she's really just kind of like, I'm, I feel like she's afraid Billy might come in at any minute and she Mm. better be in her walk-in closet. Yeah. You know, but there are some times when Billy is on. So I don't know, but I do notice that sometimes she's she's much more open to confession when she's by herself than when she's with him in the car or, you know, talking about their marriage, you know, where she's like, y'all, Billy's not safe. She doesn't say y'all, but, you know. Um, she might as well say y'all. She's mm-hmm. a good Southern girl at heart. And, you know, like as we mentioned in the last episode, she kind of got all her rebellious streak out of her system by the time she was 17 or 18 she recounts a time when she was in high school like you know 15 or 16 and she was on a coke bender uh with all her friends and they were hanging out with these older guys and she had been doing coke for like two days straight uh she had to go to the emergency room with you know her heart was beating really fast whatever um she ended up going to rehab and um taking care of that problem and uh that's where hold on came from she wrote that as a result of her newfound sobriety so at last count all three phillips sisters have gone to rehab right uh we i don't think we mentioned last time uh bijou admitted in the howard stern interview that she tried heroin for the first time uh in new york when she was 14 or 15 she hated it and she got really really sick and she asked her father if she could, if he would put her in rehab because she didn't want to feel like that again. Um, that's something that she admitted. I, I don't know if it was one time or more. I kind of feel like that Australian article I linked on the top of the page tells a little bit different story, but you mm-hmm. know, journalists take liberties. Yeah. Too, yeah. So, and you know, we um, weren't there, but the, you know, the bottom line is, is that, you know, she, she, you know, when you know yourself and you know that you can't do certain drugs, um, you know, she that's... does have those tiny kidneys. So, you know, there's that. Yeah. yeah I mean, and you know, that, that's something that we're going to get into in a minute, um, about her, her health issues, you know, I mean, years of drinking and drug abuse and an already fragile body, kidney, body is, you know, a recipe for disaster, you know? I just want to know if by crack baby, she means she was born addicted or if like she didn't have that, but she had some birth issues like the tiny kidneys. I mean, I, she I th- she was born that way. 
I mean, for someone in the late 90s to say that they were a crack baby, I mean, that that was that was the term during that time for children that were born addicted. Yeah. You know, um, and that, that was kind of like... I doubt it after reading the book and how hard they had to detox um, after she was born by them. I mean, uh, by they, I mean, John. Jean-Pierre, and, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, she was maybe a month old during that, you know, so... Yeah, I think born addicted is probably the case. I mean, mm-hmm. if I were um, going on facts alone, <laughs> I feel like everyone has said that, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And we can accept that. She said it. He said it. We'll just accept that she was born addicted. And this isn't like, I actually feel sorry for her, even though her husband is such a jackass and she seems very permissive about it. I want to have empathy for her. I just there's like a fight in me that's like you don't have empathy for this girl like she's she's kind of digging her own grave she's in her 40s she's a mother mm-hmm. you know these these family patterns are going to be repeated and um yeah because she just stuck her head in the sand and didn't side with the women after she talks about the sexual assaults in her early life too they just mm-hmm either didn't affect her or affected her differently or, you know, but she does to me seem weirdly angry. Yeah. um, And the way she laughs at other people that to me kind of screams anger. um, Yeah. I mean, and and I, this anger has been a recurring pattern in her, you know, in her life since she was like a, a wild child. And then, you know, uh, a woman in her twenties who should have known better, but also had no emotional education, you know, if that makes any sense. Um, you know, she just kind of raised herself, you know, and. Yeah. But I mean, I feel like if any of us were with partners who were accused of rape, we might pause and look at kind of like how maybe we started with them and, Mm -hmm. you know, is there a red flag? Is there something going on that, because I know in my life, if it's been accused, I saw it. I saw some version of it play out in my relationship with, you know, the person yeah. who in my life I feel like closely matches that behavior. And so I don't think this is just news to her. Like this mm-hmm. was just rough sex, you know, and having being a part of having those women have to go confront him at the church of Scientology and have they're being laughed at by him being laughed at by the church being minimized. Their feelings aren't being, you know, they're just not heard, not even validated. It's just completely like, he's a star. You're not, you know, bye. Yeah. I mean like the, the, from what I've read and especially a lot of it comes from, reading Leah Remini's book and seeing her docu-series, which, you know, I'm, I'm willing to believe her because she has lived in Scientology since she was 17 or 18, something like that. And also all of the people in her series are people that were high-ranking members of Scientology that are part of her investigation, you know, part of the investigation that she has been a part of since the beginning of her her project her book project and her documentary project she was also front row at 
the Danny Masterson trial. She was there every day, you know? Oh, I believe her. I have no problem believing her because the minute she started having TV shows and more exposure into the inner workings and the inner sanctum of Scientology, um, I think Scientology got taken down quite a few pegs. Like their reputation folded pretty immediately Mm -hmm. um, in the years after. I mean, it took a while, but, you know, people still, it used to kind of be like, oh, why are those people dressed like naval officers on Hollywood Boulevard? I wonder what that's about. (laughs) To like, what in the world are these people doing? Like Mm -hmm. when we went to our Easter brunch at the Celebrity Center. and Oh my God. Yeah, we took uh, Shannon's daughter when she was a baby and they were just, they, you would have think you would have thought that these people had never seen a baby before. Number one, and they gave us eggs Benedict, and then recruited us very shortly after. And we got to see Kirstie Alley, like you know, doting on her family, which was super interesting. But I'll never forget how ornate the inside of the Celebrity Center on Franklin was. I mean, it was like gold and marble and everything was like, I mean, you know that those people were up all night shining the floors on their hands and knees, you know, like the low ranking members, you know, or like, you know, uh, shining the brass, you know, and there were also like lit candles everywhere. I mean, I mean, they, they love a mood, you know, (laughs) Yeah, and the whole, like, event was tented and fabulous like a wedding, Mm -hmm. you know? I mean, I felt like I was attending something where I shouldn't be invited. Yeah. But I did pay good money to go, so, you know, (laughs) we bought tickets. (laughs) I remember remember getting a handwritten letter from them when I lived in New York. And I'm like, how did they get my address, you know? and Did you ever feel any temptation to join like just to see because i took their personality test oh i i did that too i did that's probably how they got my address i did that too and then afterward they gave me a telephone to call whoever i needed to call so they could pay for the next step and i'm like always money and i was like no i'm i'm good but can i get the results of my personality test (laughs) and i remember do you have to be a star first or will they make you a star? I think it's both. I think if you're so if you already- say, I want to be a star and they're like done, but you got to give us like a tithe and it's right. probably a higher tithe, like a management fee. Or it's another thing. Like my, one of my favorite stories was um, Leah Remini was asked to bring Jennifer Lopez to Tom Cruise's wedding and when they got there to Italy, they paid for everything, you know, this big wedding in Italy with uh, Katie Holmes. When they got there, Leah Remini wasn't allowed to hang out with J-Lo at all. They were sat at different tables. They were in different hotels. And she's like, yo, that's my friend. And they're like, no, she's here as Tom's guest. You're a guest of the church. She's Tom's guest. And she's like, what the fuck is the difference? You know? <laughs> yeah, that that's a little... And then later on, like in different places, um, 
like Jenny McCarthy used to have a serious talk show and she had Brooke Shields on and they were both because Jenny McCarthy at the time was dating Jim Carrey, who also got invited and brought her. And then Brooke got invited as like an, a part of the apology tour. And they're all there in the bathroom talking to each other. And they're like, what the fuck are we doing here? <laughs> yeah. Who knows Tom? Like, who yeah, knows, like, who's actually lunching with Tom and this crew? It sounds yeah. like a lot of like gay icons in one bathroom. Uh, yeah, that's 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 what she was saying. She's like J Lo, Jenny McCarthy, um, you know, um, <laughs> Brooke Shields, and they're like, "Why are we here? Why are we all in Italy right now?" <laughs> and they weren't allowed. They weren't, you know, and they thought like, "Oh, well, we're here as Katie's friends or whatever." But they weren't allowed to see her or talk to her either. She was like being kept in a room by herself. I mean, yeah, we could talk about that all night because I, and you know even the reception where like Tom took over the band and started singing all the songs from his movies, like old time rock and roll. And you've lost that love and feeling like that's creepy as shit. And gross. Mm -hmm. Like just get married. Like the rest of the world. Like (laughs) it's not your show. You know, we're not here to see the Tom Cruise showcase with with Katie Holmes. And I I think that, I mean, I could be wrong. Listeners correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I think that's the night that Leah Remini asked, where's Shelly Miscavige? <laughs> Which is, that that became her downfall in the church because she was always like, where's Shelly? And, yeah, because it's weird and she's mouthy. So yeah. you, you can't just sit on a missing person, mm-hmm. you know? Like, so, Yeah. So anyway, we digress. We love talking about Scientology. and um, This is how we really are. This is how we really are. <laughs> but yeah, so... Um, Bijou met Danny Masterson at a poker tournament in Las Vegas. This is like during the heyday of like the celebrity poker game in LA. Um, you, you mean know. before allegedly? Like, Topher, wait, not Topher. Um, the Molly's game era. Spider-Man, you know? yeah. Yeah, we, If you saw Molly's game, you know the story. Uh, yeah, they ha- they would have these, like, underground poker parties and, you know, for, like, high stakes and, you know, misogynist, you know, uh, disgusting men, you know, treating everybody badly and spending lots of money. And, yeah, he was a part of that. Um, surprising. Yeah, surprising. And so... He was a child. Did he use pearl activator? I don't know. His hair is problematic. <laughs> it always has been. I at first I thought it was like, oh, he has that hair because it's a '70s show. But I think he just never. It's always been that. Anyway. It was just a lucky uh, casting. <laughs> so, um, I have a feeling that you know during this time, I think it was 2002, 2003. Bijou, you know, she was on a roll making these, you know, very interesting B-movies, independent films, as they called them back then. And, um, but, you know, she was a party girl, you know, she was friends with all those girls, you know, that Us Weekly loved to, you know, put on the cover. Remember Scary Skinny? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And also, she was in, um, what, the Hostel franchise, and, like, she was in stuff. Yeah, the black and white one is my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, where she started, everybody she, is uh, hip hop. Everybody's hip hop. Um, you know, she also did a bunch of horror remakes like It Lives and uh, The Wizard of Gore. And you know, she, you know, so she had, you know, she was kind of like a minor scream queen. But um, 
you know, I feel like her life was maybe not out of control, but it wasn't like necessarily probably where she wanted it to be. And I think that meeting Danny and uh, being inducted into Scientology, indoctrinated, I guess is a better word, um, felt right for her. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm going on a limb, out on a limb saying that, you know, maybe she needed this structure and um, she fell into it full tilt boogie you know because it was i mean the girl wasn't parented you know you know probably like the boundaries yeah and scientology offers that and more you know and she fell into this like celebrity scientology young hollywood scientology group which was like beck hansen and his wife marissa rabisi and um jenna elfman and you know her husband bodai elfman you know and juliette lewis that juliette lewis from uh, the 70s show. Yeah, no, I mean, a lot of people on the 70s show, Laura Prepon, uh, they, you know, she became a Scientologist through him, and she has since disavowed herself from that religion. And also, oh, yeah? And also from him, too. She, you notice she didn't, she didn't send a... She didn't impact. make a statement. She didn't make a statement. Impact. <laughs> I think you got that wrong. Yeah. Victims give impact statements. Exactly. Oh my <laughs> They're god. They're giving character. Um. A, you know. Uh. Character. Yeah. And just let it be known. I, I'm pro victim. Okay. So. But so yeah. I so. <laughs> so. They get married and suddenly, not suddenly, but you know, a few years after that, um. Bijou is not really working anymore. Um, you know, she's not making. Do any... you think that's her choice, or do you? Th- because I feel like Scientology will put you to work. Oh no, I think it's her choice. I think she. Um, I think it was a couple of things. You know, she. You know, because she her her profile was starting to, you know, become a little bit more respectable. You know, like she ended up in a film called The Door in the Floor with Kim Basinger and Jeff Bridges. You know, I mean, yeah, she played the babysitter, but still, I mean, that's like you know, that's studio. Film. I mean, Basinger's Baldwin adjacent. So she probably kind of knew her anyway. Yeah, uh, She's like, Oh, I know who could be in this. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, you know, and then there was a TV show called raising hope. It was a Fox show, which is also, you know, the network that the 70 show was on, but you know, she was a regular, you know, a recurring character on, on a sitcom. So that, for Bishu Phillips to be on a sitcom, that means that she's, you know, hit a level of respectability that she wouldn't have had before, you know? Oh, I thought you were going to say that means she's funny. <laughs> I mean, I always thought she was funny, even though I don't think that's what she was trying to put across, you know? I mean, like, watching her in films, I, like, laugh, you know, because I, I like her, but I don't think that's what, I don't think she's a... Do you like her now? I guess that's the question, because you were always a fan. And, yeah, well, and so how do you feel about Bijou and her behavior today? Okay, I I have to do that thing where I have to separate the artist from the real person, because I from do... From their relationship. Yeah, I do love her album, and I still listen to it every now and then. I think it's great, and um, I will watch her in Hostel Part 2, which I think is a very spirited performance. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, she wasn't living with him for years before this trial. She's, right. I think she came in to stand by him for this trial. She's not on trial for rape. 
No. You can be her. You know, I don't feel like we got to cancel everybody who knew anybody. I don't think this divorce is an accident and I don't think it's to save face or they would have gotten divorced a long time ago. I think this divorce is to save money and to put it in her pockets for her and her child. And that way the victims don't get it in their civil suits. Right. I believe that the minute she filed, I wasn't all scandalized because she said she wouldn't. I mean, this is just business at this point. You know, take care of your own. Taking your lawyer, your lawyer's advice and your business manager's advice. Um, So yeah, so her career kind of waned. I also feel that a lot of it had to do with her um, having a child. um, And as a result of having a child, her kidneys started to fail after that. Um, So I remember following her on Instagram when all this was happening and, um, you know, it was very touch and go. She didn't know if she was going to live. They couldn't find a donor. They ended up finding a donor. Um, I forgot who it was, but I remember her. I remember it seemed like they didn't really know each other. Um, yeah, but that person was on her Instagram and, um, and I, cause I remember I, a couple of times I would like comment on her page and she would like something and I would get all excited. But, um, you know, she did introduce it like, like, this is the person who saved my life, you know? And for the first time in a long time, I felt like, wow, she's like, she's kind of like had a moment of reckoning and this is like, you know, her, her real self. And, you know, she's but a mother. We didn't now. know about Danny. So no, we know, didn't. it's yeah. like, history isn't quaint you just don't know what you don't know exactly you know? at the time i was just thinking like well you know bijou finally has her own family and she's gonna do it the way that she never had i mean it, you know? it wasn't all the blind items to be honest mm-hmm. like but i might be the only person who adheres to the blinds and well, says yeah, oh, yeah more, that'll come out the more you listen to us you'll realize that shannon is like an investigator of blind items like sometimes she doesn't even need to like research she'll just know who it is immediately i love the i mean they're just you know saturday reading yeah i mean that some people like to do puzzles or do sudoku shannon likes blind items you know well i mean i'm not that (laughs) stupid i also do new york times spelling bee (laughs) i mean but you know what i mean it's like no i know i do love them and i do like to figure out who they are and i'm always super giddy when they come true and Mm -hmm. i can you know point and say see see and you know if that murder on oceans 11 ever comes out and comes true and becomes known that will be super fun because both of us know about that we're like why do we have I think it was Ocean's 12, but yeah, we'll get to that on one of these. Yeah, one day we should, we'll just read blinds. We, we should read our favorite blinds to yeah, each let's, other. Yeah, we're going to do our favorite blind items episode. I can't wait. Okay, <laughs> so we don't, okay, so just, you know, trigger warning, what have you. We are not going to go into the details of the Danny Masterson case. Everyone can find that if you just Google him and the word Rape. And like we said, she's not a rapist. She married one. Yeah. She stood by one. Yeah. And I think that's wrong. Yeah. Um, I think her background lends itself to that kind of behavior. You know, I don't think she has any idea what good and bad when it comes to, you know, sex and boundaries. And I, I mean, even China's a little bit, you know, messed up and she's in a long term marriage, but mm-hmm. she fell for you know, the guy at Taco Bell, George. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think 
all of these women, you know, have have struggled in that area. So, I mean, I hate I wish- to use I hate to use the phrase "daddy issues," but you know, as someone who has definitely suffered in life because of an absentee father, um, I can definitely see that happening with them. You know, um, it's just the father that was there, but not there at the same time, you know? Yeah. I mean, just that, I mean, the, the last thing I watched with China, she's, you know, sitting in her laundry room or closet or something. And she's talking about her last words to her dad when he's dying Mm -hmm. and he's, you know, she's thinking he can still hear me because that's the last thing to go. So I'm going to say, you know, all I want to say to him, but she is also like, I'm going to tell all you on YouTube too, what I said to him. And I'm like, wow, you have a good memory. Maybe you added to it or subtracted from it, but you know, we weren't there, but she definitely has, um, has the tendency to exaggerate things or drag them out. Like, boy, that lady can talk. We can talk, but boy, she can talk. I know, and I can listen because there's been nights when it's been like four hours, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, I've been listening to China Phillips rant and rave for four hours, you know, while she's like pontificating and, you know, Holy Spirit activate and, you know. Uh, I mean, there are worse ways she could be spending her time. She could God be is standing my- by a rapist. She's standing by a husband who's just a non believer. And she said he's halfway a believer, like, she's mm-hmm. halfway saved. I think he's he's tolerant, you know, but I love it when she's like, God is my rock and this is how I roll, you know, it's like, good for you, you know, because. That's always the intro. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I've been listening to a lot of China. (laughs) I know. It's like all living rent free in my head. So, um, yeah. So like we were saying, you know, there's enough out there about Danny and what he did. But um, what I was going, where I was going with it was that this all started like in the early two thousands when he was like a big Hollywood TV star, you know, and what happened with these women. And, uh, and at some point when he was being accused and this was, cause I remember charges were filed and then the Scientologists had them dropped so these charges had to be refiled several times until they actually stuck, you know? Um, and it was around this time, I think it was maybe about about maybe 10 to 5 years ago, they, they kind of knew his career was screwed, so they bought this large estate or plot of land in Santa Ynez Valley and started, uh, he started to learn how to, how to make wine. You know, because, you know, I guess. That's in her um, character witness statement about. Yeah. So, I mean, basically, yeah, they had to, like, come up with a new way to make money, you know, because she's not working. And alcohol seems to be the way stars do it, like George Clooney and uh, Randy Gerber with their tequila. and Or Cameron Diaz and her natural wine. wine. Or like skinny girl, even though, you know, that's no star, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I just feel like they all just turn to alcohol. I mean, Kylie Minogue has a great Prosecco, I'm told, you know. What? 
Oh yeah, can we get that imported? No, they sell it here because in San Francisco, um, I bought a bottle of her pink prosecco with the hearts all over the bottle for my friend Dan. He had a like dinner, and um, he wanted to pop it open, but I don't drink, so I'm like, yeah, you you know, have have it with your friend, you know. But yeah, I mean, it's it was funny because I don't go into liquor stores, and I went into a Bevmore, and I saw all these like celebrity branded wines and. So, okay, they can't be good, but my question is, did they ever produce wine? Like, do they no, have a no. label of wine? I don't know. They didn't. So I don't think, um, I don't, I, I think it takes many years to do that. And they were doing it from scratch. I mean, so. Um, I feel like they weren't doing it at all. Yeah. I feel like they said that's what they were doing, but they were really like, maybe if we go out here and are quiet, everybody will forget you raped a bunch of people. I think that that might be a part of it. So yeah, they had, you know, they had a, a work. <laughs> You're just going to grant yeah. me that. Yeah, no, because I mean, you know, it, they were away from the city. They were working on this farm. You know, there's actually been a couple of episodes where um, China's like, I'm at my sister's farm and it's gorgeous. And I'm like, you don't even have to say who it is. I know who you're talking about, you know? Um, it ain't Mackenzie's farm. It ain't Mackenzie's farm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not out there stealing wheels. And of, and of course, I'm watching it, waiting through the episode, waiting for her to go inside and say hi to her sister. But she never does. She just starts talking about the Holy Spirit, and I'm like, Jesus Christ! Another thirty minutes down the drain with like no revelation. <laughs> fast forward, fast forward. Okay, now get to the stuff about Billy. Now, oh, you know it's uh, really good. Day. I learned this uh, watching her shows. If you hit transcripts on uh, YouTube, it, to the right of the screen, it'll have the transcripts, and you can just follow that and then just press play when you want to hear what you want to hear. Save me a lot of time. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's a big time suck. Um, you know, because it's earbuds and doing laundry <laughs> with China, you know. However, when I'm listening to China, I'm hoping that maybe maybe God is shining down on me at the same time, you know, like it couldn't hurt. Well, it, she makes you feel that way. I mean, she does give you all of herself. Mm-hmm. To me, there's a, a nugget of, I mean, Jesus aside, like he's great and everything and I'm glad she found him. But um, she, it's like this family narcissism or this family like need to confess that I don't think Bijou has um, but both Mackenzie and her book about what we learned about Mackenzie and her dad, yeah. then China and her crazy YouTube channel, it's like they need us to know everything. And I don't know why. I mean, I'm glad to, happy to know it, but, um, and it it's fodder for conversations for years. However, I I don't know why they got to tell everything. I know. I know. I mean, I I was good with hold on. I didn't need more, but we, we got more, you know. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad to know as much as they want to give us, but after this week, I feel kind of gross. Yeah, you know? yeah. Well, like, I mean, this is, you know, we had to do two parts, you know, because there's so much talking, you know, and, and we for the most part need to get it out of our system, you know. Like after this, I probably will never speak of the Phillips sisters again, 
and and that's good, you know. <laughs> However, I will still listen to Bijou's album, and I will very happily listen to Wilson Phillips, and hopefully see. You're going to get a lot of hate for that. <laughs> and I will, you know, go see them live again. I I did not go- Wilson Phillips. I mean, the only thing that people have said negative about um, China mm-hmm. is that she is a little tone deaf on praying for family members who are rapists and, you know, supporters of rapists. Maybe we should put those prayers towards the victims. I yeah. think that's the criticism. Um, well, she's, heck, also, I mean, she's yeah. a free for all with Jesus. It's like, you need Jesus no matter what you are. And, you know, so she's kind of she, like a church you know, baby. Since all this went down and, you know, Danny got convicted. She has been very quiet about that because like, she got in trouble yeah and for praying uh, for the wrong side i guess yeah and also um i don't know if this has anything to do with anything this is just my speculation uh wilson phillips did a concert after like a week after the conviction and she wasn't there uh, carney's daughter sang her part and not very well, I might add, but that's okay. You know, I mean, everyone's just trying to take care of business and um, sometimes not saying anything is better than saying something foolish, you know? But you know what? It's not China's problem. No, but it, but it, the way that the world works and the way that the Daily Mail reports, it, they'll make it her problem. <laughs> China you know? should be able to go out and be China because yeah. China didn't, a, marry anybody who raped anybody hasn't, from what I know, raped mm-hmm. anybody. I mean, maybe Billy Baldwin raped somebody, but we oh, don't no. know about it if he did. I think and, the, the worst thing that Billy Baldwin did was um, body shame Sharon Stone and during the filming of Sliver Sex Scene. But other than that... Oh, I mean, what did he say? He's just like, mm, th- does she need to work out before we do this? Yeah. And, well, he hasn't really worked. I mean, she was like 36 and he was like 25. So it's like. Who supports the Baldwins? Are they all supported by Alec? Well, I don't know. Because John Phillips died with no money. Haley yeah. might be getting some of that Bieber money to her dad. No, Haley's um, actually doing really well right now, but she has her own uh, makeup and skincare. But line. she didn't, and they've been rich a long time. Right. You know, like while she was growing up. True. You know. Well, she's, so got, I she's, just, got, she's got Bieber money and she is keeping that to herself, you know. Who writes the checks to the family? Like, because how are, I mean, China's got her songs, but usually if somebody hasn't worked like Steven or Billy for a long time, they don't have money. China hasn't worked like, except for touring, which she has to do. Several, she was in Bridesmaids. They, Yeah. And that, no, no, they were. And um, publishing because of the film or, you know, the royalties are pretty substantial. She wrote that. And who gets the mama and the papa, mama's, the mama's and the papa's publishing? Like, do you think there's like. I think Michelle gets that now because they're all gone. Unless that gets split up somehow. But then again, I don't know. She didn't, she, she, I don't know. That's a good question. That's a good question. Yeah. So I could see if, um, well, no, because John's estate had to go to somebody. It could be that Iranian woman they're always bitching about that um, he married married later. Um, If she's still alive, it probably passes through her before it goes to the children. But 
I thought he died with no money and therefore he had to claim that um, Michelle didn't write any of the songs and that way he could have all the money right. because he was mad that she's rich and he's not because he spent all his money on drugs and she was more um, fiscally responsible. Wise. Right. But yeah. I also want to know who gets Kokomo money because he wrote Kokomo and that song gets played at least five times a day at CBS, you know? Oh, he does have Kokomo money. That yeah. might go to the wife. Yeah. Because actually everything he brought into the marriage. So unless he's been married to her, he hasn't been married to her since what? 1970. Was he married to the, the Iran? No. Jean oh, Viev no. was named. Jean Viev was 19- 71. China was born in 68 or 69. They divorced after she was born. And then he married Jean-Viev Waite, probably 71, something like that. And when did the Iranian lady come in? That must have been in like 1990 or something like that. Okay, because um, I feel like anything he brought into the marriage, like Kokomo, wouldn't be hers. It would go straight to the girls. Yeah. If there was anything left. Yeah, maybe they're, they're getting Kokomo money. I mean... I'm telling you, they have to be getting money from something like they live. Like, have you seen China's like bathroom where she hides and talks about Jesus? Like they they live in Santa Barbara full time. You can't afford to live in Santa Barbara full time unless you're getting money. (laughs) Right. Or you're like, you know, that fake royalty that they got living out there now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Do you remember when we went trashing up the neighborhood? (laughs) Remember when we went to Santa Barbara and it was so I loved it. I know. It was the yeah. first time that your daughter had, like, physical food. <laughs> what, was I just feeding her milk? No, she was a baby, <laughs> and we gave her, like, we had, a, like, a banana smoothie, and we, like, gave it to her, and you're like, oh, my God, is she Her eyes was lit up. <laughs> I know. Was like, is she going to get sick? Are we bad parents? I'm not the For father, giving her a banana. Yeah, but, yeah, her eyes <laughs> lit up. <laughs> her eyes lit up, and it was, like, a, you know, the beginning of her... She loves food. So but you saw me through that whole pregnancy, left for the birth, and then came back for the baby. Oh, my God. Okay. When she was pregnant, it was one of the funnest times of my life. <laughs> because we would get up in the morning, and we would go to Denny's. To yeah, we No, we'd go to Denny's <laughs> for breakfast, and then two hours later, she'd be like, I'm hungry. And then we'd go to Fuddruckers, and then two hours later, she'd be like, I'm hungry. And we'd go to, like, you know, the the diner, you know, the last cappuccino at the 101, or, I mean, what have you. It was basically every restaurant in town that was open. We were like, I'm hungry, and we'd have to go. And I wasn't there the last two weeks of your pregnancy, but from what I'm told, you couldn't fit into anything except, like, extra-large men's pajamas. Yeah, but I feel <laughs> like you also took um, those surf shorts and went – Shannon, you're a size 12. I still have those. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> and Maybe I wear them and people it. love them. And I'm like, yeah, don't they? They look like they look like Elvis's shorts from Blue Hawaii. They're really cool. But yeah, I still have them. And they don't make I'm, those anymore. They don't. I've tried them. to find um, the same cut and they just don't exist. They're perfect. They're like the best bathing suit. One of the best bathing suits I've ever had. Um. And then, yeah, I mean, you, 
you were so big that you couldn't even deliver your baby. <laughs> like, didn't you have to like eat a, like an inducement inducement salad or something? That was because she was late, not oh, because yeah, um, I was too fat to deliver. I think you can be fat and deliver a baby. Look at the world. But I, I was so fat. I thought I was going to give birth and be skinny, mm-hmm. but. I gave birth and I lost eight pounds. I know. And then I remember your husband called me and I had just watched Madonna win the Golden Globe for Evita. And then like 20 minutes later, he's like, we had a baby. And I was so happy that Madonna won a Golden Globe and you had a baby. It was like, boom, boom, pow. Which were you happier about? Well, I mean, I was kind of happy that Madonna finally was respectful <laughs> for five minutes, but I was also was happy. She became a mother six months before, so she she was doing the respectable tour. I know. She was like, hello. And I'm like, who's this lady? But no, I was happy I that you- I naked for a whole year. I, I <laughs> but I was happy that the baby came out and, the, you know, I think I remember your husband at the time saying, like, both the mother and the child are doing just fine. I was like, what is this, a press release? <laughs> yeah, what is that speech? Like, I hate it when people are mother and daughter, mother and child are fine. Everyone's doing well. It's like, and I, and I was also so just happy. don't say anything. So happy to learn that your daughter was born at Cedar Sinai in Beverly Hills, which is like, you know. And named after your grandma. I know. So, yeah. So it was it was a win-win for all that day. But anyway. Yeah, that was a good day for you. <laughs> <laughs> and I got fat jokes for a long time. Because when you're fat and you have a really good friend, they can make fun of you. They can oh, body shame you and you and they don't have to tell you, you know, you're just as beautiful fat as you are skinny. Uh-uh. Remember, remember the first photo of you and your husband and the baby, and it was Monica Lewinsky and Woody Allen? Yes. <laughs> it did look like that, for real. But, she, you know, just just like just like anyone else living in L.A. at the time, you lost your body, your baby weight, like, really fast. I was, like, 25. <laughs> All I did was like half acid on a Nordic track in the living room while I watched Spice TV. <laughs> well, anyway, we digress. So, um, where were we with Bijou? So, yeah. So, she, so, I think we're bored with Bijou. I really think that's what happened here is we got bored because it's like, well, I'm still going to listen to her, whatever. And, and yeah, we went you know, back to China. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's fine. You know, we um, it's it's good that we're ending on a, a light note. I mean, we're almost up to an hour, and um, you know, this this episode is kind of like a a good preview of what you're gonna get if you keep listening to us. You know, you're gonna get the facts, and you're gonna get some rumor, and then you're gonna get us talking about it. You know, and we'll pepper it with other people, different places, and some crazy asides mm-hmm. or our history but um but let's wrap the, it up by, by letting everyone know where we stand with bijou now um so he was convicted um there was a a lot of statements made you know billy baldwin made a statement uh he essentially said that um him and china were surrogate parents to bijou they helped raise her which I don't know. I feel like that's. But little... she's not on trial. I know, and I also feel like that's a little like too convenient to say. You know, it's like it's heavy-handed, and where, also where... he's only he's only half saved. It doesn't matter. Yeah, like, and also he even count. they were living in New York City in Manhattan 
on the Upper East Side at the same time that she was living by herself on Park Avenue. So which is it? You know, you can't have it both ways, you know? If my sister yeah. lived uptown, well, I'd be living with my sister. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like here's the situation. Biji wanted to live alone, mm-hmm. or she would have stayed with the foster family, or she would have gone with the Baldwins, yeah. any of them. Um, they all say they braced her. They all say they participated in whatever Biju became. Mm-hmm. What my takeaway is from doing all this research, and there was a ton, um, <laughs> is that I like China, which she was a non-entity to me before. Oh, and um, <laughs> I admire um, Mackenzie because she overcame quite a bit. And she's... Um, that struggle is probably still ongoing mm-hmm. and it will be forever. And then Bijou, I really just remember from being a socialite and then like, you know, whatever happened to her. Oh, she married that guy from that seventies yeah. show. Didn't care. Didn't care. Didn't care. This happens. And, and then um, suddenly she's back in the daily mail. She's back, day. But yeah. not in really any meaningful yeah. way or colorful way or any way that actually has to do with um, anything that she's doing. That's positive. Yeah. Other than, you know, standing by somebody who really just doesn't deserve it. No. And then the one thing that I want to know is why is she banging all the brothers like Chris and Jordan? If you read through a lot there's you know she's always living with a brother or doing a love scene with the bro- like she's a weirdo like i yeah. think she's a weirdo and i, I don't mean, think there's anything wrong with saying it no i mean i wouldn't be surprised if suddenly the younger masterson brother is like living with her you know i'm just saying but no i i do agree with you you know i i i think um Mackenzie has triumphed over a lot of adversity, and I do respect her and admire her. I've always loved China, and when I met Wilson Phillips, um, Carney was a little short with me, and China was really sweet to me. So I'm just going to go with China for the win, you know? Yeah, uh, Carney and her Playboy spread. <laughs> you could have brought that to get signed. <laughs> well, she, I mean, I don't know. I, she was just like, I was like, excuse me, you're supposed to be the funny one. And she was like... Do you remember the pink corset? Because I do. I do remember. And it was to cover the uh, scars from the um, gastric bypass. But, you know, she never felt more liberated. And They could have just airbrushed that out. You know, I feel like that was a moment of, um, you know, like she was... You know, she was, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, like, she finally won. Empowered? She, yeah, empowered when she was nude in Playboy. Because do you remember that Wilson Phillips video where they're all in lingerie? And uh, China and Wendy are just walking through the hallways with, like, you know, like, you know, these bustiers and panties. And and then Carney's basically just sitting on a bed. They won't let her get up, you know? <laughs> <laughs> And Michael Bay directed that video, so if that tells you everything, he did you not let her get up. He did not let no. her get up. He's like, Carney, you're just gonna luxuriate on this bed covered in satin, you know. But China, I need you to walk more, you know. Like a heart video. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Wilson Phillips. They tried to make them into something they weren't. They should have just had them just sing and shut up, you know. But okay, did Wendy ever pose? Because I feel like. 
we have Bijou's Playboy. We have um, Carney, who's not really related to them at all, but well, her they're, Playboy. They're basically sisters, you know. They were raised together, all you know, the Wilson girls. Um, yeah, I think that's. I think that's all the. Michelle has been nude in films in the seventies, but other than that, I think that's that's, that's about all the the Phillips skin we got. <laughs> <laughs> We don't have any Mackenzie skin. I don't even want to see that. No, I don't think from no era. I don't think that she was ever portrayed that way as an actress. Thank God. I mean, you know, I'm glad that she never had to do that. You know, I mean, she could have just been in Little Darlings. She did a women in prison movie with Amy Madigan in the early '80s called Love Child, but she did not get nude in the shower scene. So good for her. You know. Yeah. <laughs> That shag haircut, nude. No. <laughs> nude I, with a shag. I don't want to see that. I don't want to think about her like that. She's a survivor. She's been through so much already. She doesn't have to get nude. Plus, she's 63 and by now, so it's fine. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. She, um, she has decided to not label herself as a heterosexual anymore, which is, is good, you know. But anyway, that has been our talk. Um about the Phillips sisters part one and this is part two um Shannon what do you think I think you think we uh, I think that I think we should yeah we definitely covered it all we never have to talk about the Phillips sisters again but I do think we should talk about you know maybe um our our deep dive into Halloween episode if you want to do a teaser for that Absolutely. So we have been doing extensive research on the Viper Room um, as a location, as a state of mind, as a place where um, a lot of bad things happen, and specifically the death of River Phoenix in... um, And the disappearance of the owner. The disappearance of the owner, and a lot of, like, you know, dark dealings in the viper room so for example the uh poker games that we discussed mm-hmm. earlier were held there yeah, yeah also the beginning of the pussycat dolls happened in the viper room too you know that may be a bad thing or a good thing depending on who you ask i think it's uh, a good thing <laughs> and but you know i mean we've all been there you and i have been there many times in the 90s um you know nothing bad happened while we were there but you know can't say that it was good either but yeah we'll get into that um uh, Halloween being the day that um, the night that River Phoenix died at the Viper Room. I think about was it thirty? It was the morning of Halloween. He died the th- so the night yeah. was the thirtieth that he was there, yeah. and the morning was the thirty first. It yeah, was Halloween it, when the sun rose in nineteen ninety four. Three, three, nineteen ninety three, and then nineteen ninety four was Kurt Cobain. Okay. Yeah. So that would have been, yeah, 30 years ago. So yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's time for us to talk about that. Um, yeah. So it's time for us to talk about the theories behind some of that too. Yeah. So the secret history of the Viper room is coming up as the next episode. Not sure if it's going to be a two-parter or not. We'll figure it out when it happens. I think they're all going to be two-parters. Well, it's going to be a two-part party. If you guys love that, then we'll do it. All right, so we're going to head on out and um, just want to give credit to 
the composer of our theme music, uh, Power Violets. So you can find more Power Violets in Spotify, Apple Music. Um, I think you can purchase music by Power Violets on Bandcamp as well. So check that out. And until next time, we'll see you soon. <laughs>